everybody, and welcome into episode 18 of the Ben Elks Podcast. Hope you've all been doing well as we are currently getting ready for the last game of this homestand in West Coast League play. But if you're listening to this now, that game already is wrapped up. The Elks will be traveling to Corvallis to play three to end their West Coast League season, after which they will come back home for three against the Gresham Gray Wolves and one against Hayesville to wrap up the campaign. So this is a pretty important day. It's the last home game in West Coast League play that the fans here will get to see in person at Vince Guinness Stadium. And for a lot of these guys who are heading out either after this series or after the Corvallis series, it's their last chance to play here at home at Vince Guinness Stadium in the 2018 season. Well, you guys have heard plenty of players here on the Ben Delks podcast, but here for this episode, we've got Joe Dominic, a coach here for the Elks, who is an assistant coach. JD, as they like to call him, is the third base coach this year for Bend. He's been the head coach in the past for the Elks in 2011 and 2012. He actually served as the Elks head coach. Also was the head coach at St. Martin's for about a decade. He's worked in numerous Major League Baseball organizations as an instructor in the minor leagues as well. So he brings a lot of experience to the table for the Elks. And I've heard from a lot of guys saying that you've really been a key piece in their development, Coach. What, what do you really pride yourself in when you talk to these guys you know just first of all just getting to know them as a person um, with that in mind you know once once they trust you and they see that you have a passion for the game and they know that you have knowledge um, that's what the that's what this is all about and that's where I've seen guys really develop and they know I will I'll never quit on them or I'll throw like I did 45 minutes of BP today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, once I think you get the relationship built with the kids, the trust um, from them that they know you're going to go to battle with them, um, these guys, they'll do anything for you. And with that in mind, um, I've seen huge improvements by, by all of them. So I'm, I'm – that's that's uh, really the bottom line is the trust and the reliability that you can do with the kids. You've been in Bend, obviously, for a long time. As I mentioned before, you've been the head coach here in the past. You're an assistant here once again. What is it about the town of Bend that really draws you back here? I think it's the fan base. I mean, I love the, the town, but, you know, I love the fans here. They're very supportive, even though we're struggling right now. Um, you know, we're still getting 1,500 to 2,000 people per game. And I big shout out to all the fans that, that come out and support us here. Uh, the town is awesome. It's in a great environment around here. You got so much to do, hiking, biking, swimming, rafting uh, that we did earlier in the season, which was a great bonding tool for us. But uh, I love this town, and, and I'll always call Ben my home. Did you Were you a player back in the day, and what level did you end up getting to as a player if you did? I got single, all right, low A. Yeah, rookie league, and then uh, I got released, and then went uh, independent ball for one year, and I just did not like that one too much. <laughs> so the independent ball was really, really tough. Yeah, I hear a lot of guys say that it can it can kind of wear on you. I know that uh, guys don't get as much money over there as they get in the minors, and even then, you, you still don't get paid a whole lot to play the game. What what made it tough about indie ball for you? It was a travel. It was a travel. Um, you know, when you get five guys in a two bedroom apartment, you know. Um, it was, it was just tough. It really was. And, uh, you know, when you have buses that break down all the time. And oh, you have yeah. To be on the road, <laughs> you know, the wheels will catch on fire. The brakes, you know, start smoking. Um, just that. It just started to get wear and tear. And, you know, when you're 25 years old and there's guys that are a little bit better than you and you're kind of going, mm -hmm. what the heck am I doing out here? 
So with that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to finish up, get my degree, and go on. So what was it that drew you to coaching? Is it something you've always known you've wanted to do as you were a player, or what, what was kind of that, that light switch, that flip for you that said, I'm going to go into coaching? You know, when I went back to, after I got done playing, I went back to Ashland, uh, Oregon, and finished up and got my degree at, at Southern Oregon University, and my brother became a, my brother was a coach and got a teaching job at Crater High School in uh, Central Point, Oregon. And he says, why don't you come out and just be my assistant for, you know, just help me out. And once I stepped on the field and started working with kids, it was, I knew that right then and there it was. Um, after I graduated, I taught for about a year and a half. And then um, I got married. Um, I did insurance for two years. Quite different. Which, oh, man. <laughs> And I had to sit in an office and do that, and that was just not me. <laughs> it was funny because I was taking an insurance policy out to somebody in Salem, Oregon, and uh, all of a sudden I see the lights on at Chemeketa Community College, and uh, I hear this voice, and I'm like, I know that voice. And I walked over to Chemeketa's bench, and here's this Gene Lanthorn was his name. I've known him. And he's a pitching coach for Shemekita, and I yell out, Gino and JD, and we communicated and been in coaching ever since. That's really cool. That's a, that's a great story. I know you were the head coach of a, at the D2 level in the GNAC yep. with St. Yep. Martins. Uh, how did you get that job? Um, I was two years at Shemekita, and uh, St. Martins was just starting a program. The athletic director started calling around. Um, he got a hold of me. Uh, the athletic director from St. Martin's. I went up for one interview, and it was five minutes, and I got the job. So I moved from Salem up to uh, Olympia, Washington, and was up there. I've known yanking you around a little bit in terms of the timeline, but how did you first end up getting in contact with the Elks? Um, gosh, 10 years, 11 years up there in Olympia. Um, my ex-wife now, she, um, she moved, she's from around this area, and we moved down here. And Jim Richards, the old owner, um, somehow heard I was in, uh, in the area. Oh, wow. And he got my number from a guy, and he called me, and he goes, we got, um, we got an assistant position. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah. So I came and met with Jim, and we talked, and um, was hired as the assistant. Um, three games into it, the head coach uh, had a health issue, and Jim just says, hey, you're the head coach. So I ran with it. Wow. And, um, you know, the first year we struggled. And then the next year, um, Jim says, hey, why don't you draft your players or pick your players that you want? So I called like six schools of, that I had a good relationship with, uh, got their players. And that second year that I was a head coach here, we had our first first 30-win season ever. So Jim was that's kind awesome. of excited that. and. So then, uh, then that's how it was. Yeah, you just talked about recruiting a little bit. Would you mind taking us behind the curtain and uh, tell us what goes on when you are recruiting? What's that process like? How do you find a guy? When you find a guy, what do you do? I mean, wh how, what's that process like in total for you? I'll first talk to the coach, uh, whoever it is. I'll, I'll talk to them first and, and get their feedback and, you know, uh, what they're like, what the young man's like. Then I will just I will not sit in one spot if I'm going to watch a kid. Um, I will sit in the left field line behind home plate, right field line, and just watch his, his ability. But I also will watch his camaraderie with his players, um, if he's a team guy or if he's an individual guy. That's, that's the big thing for me. If he's a team guy and picks guys up and he's on the field first and off the field first, um, 
controls the game, slows it down. You know, with that, that's the kind of guy I want. And when you get into that, you build a very positive team. And if you get nine to 15 of those type of guys, yep, the other ones will kind of weed themselves out. And uh, But I just want a, a guy that's going to play the game hard and not quit no matter what the score is. You know, he's going to still steal a bag. He's still going to dive for balls, you know, not just let him go. Now, there are some instances where you get into a situation where you've got a bunch of guys at one position. Say, for instance, this season you guys have had as many as seven or eight, seven or eight outfielders at one point. When you're in contact with these college coaches, how tough is it for you to kind of juggle that with wanting to win versus you got to play all these guys and get them enough at-bats to the point that their college coaches are satisfied? And how, how much communication do you stay in with their college coaches about that situation? You know, you got to play guys that are hot. Um, but also the guys that, you know, like we did have seven outfielders you know, at one time. And it, that's hard. It is hard to juggle. But, you know, if you get the trust, like I said earlier, you get the trust and build that relationship, you know, they're going to keep working. And they're going to get their shot. So that's, that's how you really kind of juggle it. Um, I also had two calls today from college coaches just to see how, you know, their players are going. And, I, you know, I'm very frank and very upfront with them. And, you know, I, I don't say anything negative about them. Um, that they're all doing their job and, and uh, you know, so it's nice to talk to their coaches and tell them the progress that they, these young men have done. Now, as you mentioned, you were a coach here a few seasons ago, uh, almost a decade ago, back in 2011, 2012, here now in 2018. What led you back here to Bend after being gone for so long? I was going to take the summer off. <laughs> I, I, was, I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my time. I'm, we're going to stay home and do some stuff. Um, Alan, Embry, the head coach now, he, he flew down. Um, we had a couple of beverages, diet sodas, <laughs> and uh, dinner, and he kept talking and persuaded me to come up. And five days later, I'm on an Alaska airline flight up here and going, what the heck am I doing? You know, but I'm really glad to be back. These guys, the, the kids, the, the athletes are outstanding young men. I mean, like I said, we, we're struggling, but – I don't see an I guy on that on this team. Um, and like last night, you know, most runs we've scored in a long time. And all of them stuck around and signed autographs and all of them got pictures taken with, you know, fans and stuff like that. So these guys are awesome. They really are. And I'm, I'm really glad to be back. Who are some of the guys that you brought over here for this team? I know Bradley Gonzalez is a guy you were very close with coming from yeah. the same conference as yeah. him now because you work at Gateway. Uh, who else did you bring over to this team this year? Brad was awesome. Brad's a good pickup. <laughs> I, mean, I, I kind of adopted him as my son. Um, brought Chris Deal over, the catcher. Uh, I had Chris at Central Arizona when I was down there. Um, he works his rear end off when, when he does stuff. When he, and he got to be a really good catcher for me down there. Uh, Ty Holmstrom uh, brought him in. Ian Nowak, um, if you watched their home run derby today, it was pretty yeah. impressive. Homer, hitting them over the sun. I Those two might have been hitting it into the parking lot for right I think aid. they might have hit a, a window in the right A parking lot <laughs> out there. But uh, brought Ian in. Um, gosh, I, I can't think of anybody else. Right, I'm just drawing a blank right now. So. In terms of your coaching philosophy, what are the kinds of things you generally work on with these guys? Is it mostly mental or is it mostly physical and mechanical? It's both. It's really both. Um, when you talk to the player, you get to know them, see what, how, how they respond to things. 
And a lot of the, the physical stuff at this level right now where they stand, uh, they're here for a reason. They have that ability. And a lot of it is mental. And a lot of it is, is telling them and explaining the situations, what's going on and what they're doing. Um, but, you know, the physical attributes that these guys have, I mean, um, Colin Rungi, it's, you know, Rungi night tonight. That's right. Um, he was really struggling, finally came up. J.D., what am I doing? And I just watched him about five throws in a cage. Um, we, we tweaked one little aspect of his swing. And now you can see what he did last night, hits a home run, and he's been hitting the ball very hard. So with the ability that they have, they, they understand what they're doing. It's just a little tweak here or a little turn of the screwdriver this way to loosen things up a little bit. But a lot of it is the mental side. Right. What, what in regards to the mental side do you, do you generally go over them, go, you know, go over with them? The biggest thing that, that these guys, compared to like minor league guys and everything else, is sometimes they, they speed the process. They speed this game up too fast. And I want them to slow down. Uh, if you watch them, they, they'll take a step back and they'll breathe. And, you know, when they keep the breathing aspect, when they, when they start kind of panting, their heart races, and then all of a sudden that baseball finds you. And when it finds you, you're lost. So it's kind of like taking a step back, um, like Brad Gonzalez, you know, being an ex-catcher and, and position guy and, uh, and hitting coach is to watch him he'll take his time when he's ready to throw he's ready to do stuff and so that's that's where he learned to slow the game down that way um you know the other kids now they're starting to understand that the other aspect is you know read the count you know read the count when you're when you're hitting and watch the watch the pitcher when he's throwing you know his warm-up pitches watch him when he's in the bullpen throwing what is he commanding what isn't he commanding so you know it's, it's little things that you really just kind of have to sit back take a step back, look, read, react, play. I want to talk a little bit about your experience in the minor leagues. How did you first get your invite into the minors and what organization gave you uh, your first chance? What kind of stuff were you doing with them? Uh, my first one was with uh, the Angels, and I had the uh, uh, chance to coach uh, Tyler Service. And Scott Service mm -hmm. was here, and, and he kind of watched me and how I reacted to kids and how I – conducted BP and stuff like that and you know Scott I got to really kind of know him really well and you know he was on his phone a lot <laughs> but um, you know we sat back a couple times and we we talked and he goes when this season's done you're coming over with us I'm like okay so went down to Tempe Diablo Stadium down there and was there with him and you were working in their minor leagues, minor leagues what system. level were you at at the AZL the rookie leagues Okay, so you were working with other young kids there, right? And what yep. kind of stuff were you working on with them? Same thing I'm doing right here. Uh, the game doesn't change. The same, <laughs> still the same. The only thing is, you know, you have 16. At that level, you have the 16-year-old the Latin oh, American yeah. kids. And uh, the speaking, the ability, you know, to, to communicate with them, uh, it slowed me down. I was a little ADD and kind of moving around a lot. So when they don't understand, you have to slow yourself down to make them understand what you're doing. And working with the catchers from the Dominican and Venezuela and, you know, Puerto Rico and Mexico and that, uh, their English is not real good. So you have to have other ways to communicate. And that's where I just got back in there and start catching with them and showing them. And then they understand English and they taught me some, you know, Spanish. And uh, so we just kind of went on from there. But, yeah, you got 16 to 21-year-old, you know, first-year signing guys, maybe second-year signing guys. So that was it. 
That's really cool to hear. Uh, obviously, outside of language barrier, are there any discernible differences between coaching at the minor league level and coaching here in summer ball? Not really. I mean, not really. It's, it's uh, I think in the AZL, there's a lot more standing around because um, there's so many guys down there. And, you know, they're all, there's a, they're scripted. You know, who's catching this game? Who's pitching? Mm -hmm. What inning? Who's coming in? You know, if you have seven pitchers or five pitchers, you know, it's scripted. You're going to go into fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, and, and you always have a backup, some plan somewhere around there. But, no, it's, it's, a, it's all a game. It's still the same. You know, these guys that have signed, you know, they're, they're playing a game that seven, six-year-old t-ball kids are playing, and you still see the passion. And I tell you what, some of the – you watch the little kids play and do the little games on the side and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's the same as a 17- to 21-year-old kid doing the same thing. That's really cool. That's that's awesome to hear. Looking at this season here with the Elks, what has been something that you've really enjoyed about this season? I know it's not been a great season in terms of the record, but obviously, I mean, it looks like these guys are having a lot of fun out there. What have you enjoyed about this season with the Elks? Wow, there's there's a lot. Um, one is just, just being back in Bend, but, you know, just coming out to the field every day and, and watching these kids not give up. And that that's what I enjoy. I mean – yeah, we're struggling. Uh, we're struggling hitting. We're struggling putting runs up. We're struggling pitching. But if you make it fun, let these guys play relaxed. Um, and coming out to the yard and you see their bright, shiny, smiley face, you know, that's what it's all about, that smile. And J.D., what story do you got for me today? <laughs> or, you know, they, they play a practical joke on me and I play one on them, you know. Right. Um, I'm just a, a kid at heart. I still – go in their clubhouse and, and prank them, you know, and they do the same thing, but it's all in fun. And I, I I'm going to miss some of these guys. I really am. I'm going to miss them. Looking ahead to your future as a coach. This was just your first year at gateway back this last year, I right. believe. Correct. So what are you looking to do next year? I know you're going back to gateway, but what does the future in the next five, 10 years look like for you? Well, like I said, I was not going to be doing anything this summer <laughs> and here I'm up here and talking to you and meeting you and, and it's been awesome. Um, going back to Gateway, my stepson, Justin, he plays there. I, I want to finish that season out with him down there. Um, I do have a couple options, you know, that might be brewing up. So uh, I will see how that goes. But I, I probably won't. They'll have to bury me on a field somewhere. <laughs> That's what they're going to have to They'll do. They'll never be able to take you out of this game, right? No, no. I'll have to be probably cremated and dropped here and there and all that good <laughs> stuff. Is coming back to Ben something that, that would interest you in the future as well? Yeah, it would. Um, gosh, like I said, this is a beautiful city. The the fans, the just the area is is nice to be around. The it's really nice though now. The winter times uh, I would probably snowbird down to Arizona. Again. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> I you can't wake blame up you. you wake up and have to see what kind of dry fit shorts and T shirt you gotta put on and flip flops. So I was gonna yeah. say I can't imagine you in ski clothes, coach. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna be the Michelin tire guy all bundled up. <laughs> well, coach, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Once again, third base coach Joe Dominic of the Elks here for episode 18 of the Ben Elks podcast. And thank you for tuning in to episode 18 of the Ben Elks podcast. We'll see you next time.